on today's show. We break down the latest Hornets loss, this time to the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. After the game, Steve Clifford fired up. No moral victories. We've got the audio. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On, Locked On, Locked On Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets on this Thursday. Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day, whenever you need it, and whatever the game circumstance. We are here for you here on Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by the great folks at Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net and explore all of the different options they have for any framing project. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, have you heard this thing? So I'm drinking some coffee this morning, as I as I normally do. I've heard of coffee, familiar? yes. Yes, I'm familiar okay. with coffee. It's a, it's a popular morning <laughs> beverage. Uh, but, like, you're not really supposed to drink it if you're going to be, you know, talking or, I think, like, doing a podcast. Have you heard this? Like, it's not really good for the voice well, or for, you know, the clearing of the throat, I should say. That's right, yes. Coffee, milk, uh, there are a few. Even water uh, can be a little bit. It just it encourages. Tea. So tea is the best. Tea and it's apple. Tea right. So I go with the combo of coffee and apple juice because apple juice hydrates your throat while mm. also drying it. It's it's what they give vocalist or voiceover artist as well. Uh, so ah, I go, so, that's, why, uh, that's why my four-year-old has such a gorgeous voice. That's right. It's got the pipes. Uh, no, yeah. but it, it's it's uh, the water and the coffee. It actually encourages uh, phlegm and saliva to cool. science. Anyway, all right. <laughs> uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. By the way, the NFL fantasy football podcast right now is blowing yeah. up. It is amazing what those guys have been able to do. So check them out. Get ready for the uh, NFL Draft. I did say that, right? The NFL Draft podcast. I think you said fantasy, but... Okay, um, what I meant to say was the... That's what I thought. I got scared there for a second. All right, so what I meant to say is the NFL Draft podcast is blowing up. Go check yeah, that out. I need to check it out. I need to check it out myself, see what the Panthers are going to do. I mean, it's the t- if you're a Panthers fan, this would be the year this to, is really, <laughs> to really invest in that podcast. Okay, let's start in Charlotte where the Hornets had a five-point lead on the Golden State Warriors. What? Heading into the fourth what? quarter. What? But they end the game with their second straight loss at home, 113-103. The second straight double-digit loss, David. Lot to discuss in this one, but let's start off with a, the comments, post game comment from Clifford. This won't be the last post game comment you hear on this show, but let's uh, start with this one. There's many aspects of the game where we really we were terrific. We're terrific. We're good enough to win, but doesn't matter who you play. You have to do things. Uh, what do they say? Victory favors the team that makes the least amount of mistakes. A turnover is a crusher against a team like that. It's what they're good at, and it leads to layups and free throws or open threes. There you go. I mean, simple simple that, stuff from Clifford there, and, and there were simple reasons why the Hornets lost this game. 
Yeah, I mean, that was it, really. And I think it's right, and he's probably alluding to, and you're alluding to, maybe some of his other comments. Yeah, we'll get to about, those. Those know, are coming yeah, up. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry. We're going to get to those. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's what it came down to, right, Doug? They really got what they needed in this game. Uh, the Warriors were a bit cold from three for most for the most part. Um, you know, it looked at, like, about halfway through the third that they might be able to hold them under 100, or maybe that was just – maybe that I'd had too much coffee and the phlegm was acting out because that was – uh, that would have been nice, but um, yeah, they were yeah, they were they weren't shooting the ball well. Clay was having an off night right. all night. You needed one guy from the Golden State Warriors to not have a great night. It was Clay Thompson. Steph missed a few wide open shots. A uh, Durant before the fourth quarter, where he just absolutely yeah. went off uh, for sixteen points in that uh, fourth quarter, uh, five of six from the field. But before that fourth quarter, he was shooting a pedestrian. 42%, and for the game, only hit one three-pointer, was doing most of his damage from outside, yeah. or from inside. Yeah. So th- those are the kind of things you look for when, well, it's like, how do you beat, especially on, on a night where they're coming off the loss, and it's the final game of their road trip, and they always say that that you know, final game of a road trip is always the most dangerous, and the Hornets made that 19-4 to run in the third quarter you know, you remember back when the Hornets were playing consistently well at the beginning of the season, David, a lot of it had to do with third quarter performances from the Hornets. The Hornets starters, until the fourth quarter, were beating up on Golden State starters. Yeah, that was good to see. And I think MKG should be called out early and often here because I thought he was fantastic last night. Uh, scoring, yeah, but I mean, you mentioned Clay, and he was bothering him a lot of the night, Doug. Being aggressive and finishing those shots inside, and also hitting some jumpers, which say is great. Um, but you know, the chase down block on Draymond later in that game, I thought he was really, really good, and that's probably like peak MKG, don't you think? I mean, that was exactly what you want to see from that guy, just all-out hustle uh, the whole time. Seven of 12, 15 points, nine rebounds, um, almost had a double-double in the first half, and he's over the past few games, he's he's almost averaged a double-double right under nine rebounds, right under 10 rebounds, right under 10 points. Yeah, I mean, he's giving his all out there. It's, yeah. it, it, it is noticeable, uh, and I, I thought he played great one-on-one defense for most of this game. Uh, mm-hmm. There were a few things in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't just him. There were a lot of defensive issues for the Hornets in the in the fourth quarter. Also, Marvin Williams stepped up, played a great game, six of twelve uh, from the field, fourteen points, five rebounds, uh, two assists, and two steals and a block. So Marvin Williams uh, was was giving hustle as well. Uh, but you don't get much out of Roy Hibbert in this game, uh, which is okay. Yeah. Which is okay because. You know, on the other side, the Warriors have Zaza Pachulia, and they weren't going to play him much. Uh, but that's just how they right. they run. Um, so this, I think, it would have been an advantage for the Hornets had they had Zeller, because I think Zeller yeah, beats Pachulia, but then Zeller also can run with some of the smaller lineups. Important to note here: ESPN's uh, Ethan Strauss, who covers the Warriors for ESPN noted that the Warriors were tinkering around with their lineups a bit. They kept Clay Thompson and Draymond Green yeah. on the floor for a little longer and and played them with the bench unit. You know, normally Golden State traditional substitutions, but they, they did tinker around with it in this game. And so that was a note I wrote down. It's like if one of those guys is going to play against the second unit, particularly the Hornets' second unit right now, and it's Clay Thompson or you know any of this top four is that's just 
it's just another level. I mean, Clay against the second unit guys, especially look, and we can talk about this lineup a little later, Doug. Sessions, Marco, MKG, uh, Hawes, and or Frank and Hawes, right? Well, I let's mean, talk, let's talk about it now because it, see okay. when when we say. Oh, you know, they played the two starters. I think people, and especially with the Golden State Warriors, people immediately think offense. Like, oh, you've got Clay's offense out there and you've got, but no, it was defense because mm. they absolutely, the Warriors absolutely shut down any, a, a lot of opportunities for the second well, unit to get any, any yeah. kind of opportunities on offense. So the offense was not running at all. Like, there was nothing happening. You, I mean, you, 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 you nailed it. They were just kind of like running little handoffs on the side side of the court using up like half of the shot clock and not going anywhere all right david we're we're obviously frustrated by this game and you know what can be frustrating sometimes getting getting things framed it can be it's it's a weird process sometimes and 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 there's a lot of options but i gotta tell you something our friends at frame warehouse they make framing easy and they make it affordable, and it's not frustrating at all. If you have a poster or a jersey or, hey, Valentine's Day is coming up, good time to get something framed for your significant other. Maybe that thing she's wanted you to get framed for a while. Hmm. Hint, hint. Don't wait. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse. We are proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. They have the guaranteed best price on every frame in stock. At Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything for next to nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. Sports memorabilia, posters for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom, jerseys. They'll even cube up that signed football helmet you have laying around the house. And look, as a guy... I'm going to be honest, framing something, it seems like a daunting task. What kind of frame do I get? Glass or no glass? There's like a thousand different frames. Luckily, Frame Warehouse has framing experts that will sit down with you. They'll walk you through the process and turn your project around super quick and for a great price. Don't let your prized possessions go undisplayed. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte. There's one near you. Go to framewarehouse.net. To find that one near you and tell them Locked On Hornets told you to drop by and go Hornets. So the the Warriors go on a twelve to four run heading out of the the second quarter, and you had Clay Thompson go three of seven from the field. Uh, Draymond only hit one shot. James Michael McAdoo only hit one shot. Iguodala was zero for one. Livingston was zero for four. So they go on a twelve to four run. And really don't have that much offense. It was just the second unit, uh, Ramon Sessions, zero points. Uh, Marco Bellinelli struggled early, did come on late and hit some big shots later. Spencer Hawes was struggling, kept spinning away from the basket. I don't understand. Like, why are, Why was he spinning away from the basket so much? It, it, was, it was just so frustrating oh, to watch. And then I thought, you know, later in the game, there was one sequence. Uh, it was like 85-83 uh, Hornets. And there was a sequence where you had Bellinelli and Ramon Sessions on the weak side. So both of your ball handling playmakers on the weak side. And then you had Hawes, Kaminsky, and MKG, MKG. running like a dribble handoff weave. Yeah. And, and, and Golden State's just like sitting back and they look, they know they're not going to shoot. So they're just <laughs> sitting back and the offense completely stagnates. And, and you know they the the second unit got absolutely crushed because you had that twelve to four run, and then later, so after the Hornets go on the nineteen to four run coming out of the half, 
the the second they break the lineups, go to the second unit, uh, and the Warriors go on a seven to nothing run, and then an eight to two run in the beginning of the fourth quarter, and yeah. uh, that was, uh, and then they finally get the starters back in, but that didn't help much at the end of the game. No, and so like, and Van Gundy mentioned this during the game. It's going to be tough for the Hornets to find anybody to create offensive opportunities without Kimba or Nick out there, and that was absolutely true. And I was just kind of hoping, you know, I don't know. I mean, against what, like 75% of the teams, I guess you could buy some minutes with that lineup. But like against that team, especially with Clay out there or one of those other four guys, it feels like you really needed Nick, who, who played a, a good game last night, had a, had a bit of a bounce back game and hit some shots. But just one of he or Kimba out there to create, because otherwise, like you said, they're just doing globetrotter weave drills on the, on the, on the, uh, on the sideline. They're not doing anything. Yeah, it, well, he had a good game overall, but I thought his turnover. Well, his turnovers the, are awful. Yes, but yes. that, but particularly when they so the Warriors go on that run and they get up, they get up three, and he makes that turnover just dribbling inside and losing the basketball. <clears throat> yeah, for sure, it was I, devastating. But, but, you know, yes, but you still have to have him out. You that know wasn't I mean? a like, creation gonna... turnover. That no. was just being careless with the basketball on a drive against a team that's known for picking pockets. They are known for turning you over. And in a crucial situation, one of your best offensive players throws the ball away. It's inexcusable. It is. But my question to you is, Doug, do you think they should have put one of those two back in there earlier? I mean, looking back on it, I guess. Well, they get Kim. I mean, they did put Kimba in earlier. They got Kimba back in. I mean, he played eight minutes. There was there was a, a significant stretch there where it was it was rough to watch. I mean, maybe it just seemed longer watching. I have to go back and look at the actual numbers, but yeah, I mean, but that's what you're counting. I mean, you're gonna that's the thing with Nick, right? Like you have to have him out there. You have to have him out there creating, but he's got to cut down on some of these unforced errors. I mean, and the Warriors are a great defensive team, great defensive individual players, but he still throws a few too many uh, passes that are kind of hoping to get there, and then to get the ball knocked away in that situation, like you said, was brutal. And uh, fourth, go, going back to fourth quarter defense, the key moment in the game for me is uh, Steph Curry clearly loses it out of bounds at the end of this game, and the refs just missed the call. About two thirty left in this game, uh, they couldn't review it because it wasn't under two minutes. And but this it was just a clearly missed call. And then uh, so the Warriors get a Which chance. Which one? To, Which one? Well, yeah, there were several. This was the second one. This was the final. No. What what was the play situation? Now I'm trying to remember. What do you mean the play situation? Like, did he dribble it out of bounds, or was he going for a shot, or what? What, what happened? No, it was, just, it was just a strip play. Yeah, he was going. He was kind of going towards the basket and got stripped, and the ball went out of bounds, and it was mm-hmm. off him. Mm-hmm. You got there it. was you, one that looked. There was one that looked like that. That that upon further review, I think it did go off Kimba, but I'm not. We'd have to. This one was. Get back and this one was it. clearly off Steph, and then they mm-hmm. run. So they run the the out of bounds play to Durant to Durant. I mean that yeah. was and 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 if you go back and look at that play, uh, it was a, a, a great baseline out of bounds play from the Golden State Warriors. They run essentially an elevator for uh, Kevin Durant, and he he runs to the corner and they lock in two guys to to take out his man, which was MKG. But there's no communication. Like so, you have well, you have MK yeah. you have MKG. He gets elevated by two Warriors, and the guys defending those two Warriors were Spencer Hawes and Marvin Williams. And neither of those, and, and Clifford is screaming it out. And neither Hawes, who could have gotten there, 
or Marvin Williams, who would have been late, but could have at least <laughs> screamed at him or something. Neither uh, neither of those guys step up. And, and so, another and, and another instance of that, uh, like a play later, right? Where they let Clay get free on a, on on the inbounds pass. Almost got a three point play out of it, but he broke clear break to the basket uh, on a little back cut and got a, a got a shot off to you know, like I said, almost get a three point, but got fouled. I want to go back to something you said though. I think part of the problem with with getting Nick Batum in earlier, I think part of the problem with this Hornets season in its entirety, but this game showed it as well, is that the Hornets don't have a consistent lineup to go to in the fourth quarter. It has been different seemingly every game based on the circumstances, not based on, okay, I've got five guys here that are going to beat your five guys on a given night. And I think that's been a problem because you've seen MKG not play an entire fourth quarter. And then in this game, he plays all but, 30 seconds. You have Bellinelli. Yeah, I mean, to me, yeah, to me, the biggest problem is just like the, the running of that second unit. I mean, and not to like harp down on, on sessions who did not have a good game last night, but you know, that's, it seems to bog down. As bad, it looks as it bad, but the here's the thing, yard. as bad as the second unit was, David, despite they played well, despite it, but they haven't been able to win games despite, and, and how could you really, to win games despite fourth quarter defense, fourth quarter yeah. offensive execution, not having a lineup that you can close a game with consistently. They can't yeah. win games unless they have that. And they're not going to win games against elite teams, and they're going to drop games uh, that they're not uh, supposed to. And so that's what I think is frustrating to Clifford and everyone else, I'm sure, to see that. But like that play you mentioned, right? when they just let Durant sneak out there. Like, if he's going to make the shot, the best defense in the world is probably not going to prevent him from doing that. But you can be in position, like you said, right? Like, you can get out or make an effort, and it's those lapses that even the second unit can't have. I mean, especially the second unit can't have because at times when they're playing against those guys, they're going to be outmatched um, anyway. So I think that's that's it, right? Like, they've got to lock in um, – be concentrated the whole game and that's just not not happening and they played well i think cooper's right they played well enough to win as evidenced by that lead they had going into the fourth quarter but they just you know the warriors went into a bit of of another gear and the hornets did not play well enough uh in the fourth quarter which that's a theme over the last month or so all right let's get final thoughts on this game david so doug I think you have to be careful not to overreact too much, right? I mean, you, you you are playing the Warriors. They are the best team offensively and defensively in the league. They've got a ridiculous lineup. Um, I think maybe one of our, exec, our executive orders going back to the other night might have been, uh, you know, for the NBA to count losses to the Warriors, like only half, only weighted half. Yeah, um, yeah. We signed you know that. What I mean? it, uh, yeah. it doesn't go into effect for a while, but we signed that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that, I mean, like, there's certainly things to take away. And I think that's the thing that Clifford, like I said, is, is upset about. It's the same stuff that you're seeing, regardless of who you're playing, that you can control yourself. I mean, you're just sometimes you're not going to beat the Warriors. They did have an off night, they gave you an opportunity, but you turned it over a little too much in the fourth and didn't play good defense. So, um, that's the frustrating part. Not the fact that you lost to the Warriors, because obviously nobody's going to be overly upset about that, right? 
Yeah, but well, listen, Clifford was upset after the game. He was frustrated. Had right. some interesting comments. Uh, we'll, we'll you'll hear the question that was asked first, and then his comments. Check yeah. it out. Great effort tonight for your team, but what? Do you well, you know what? Play? Here's the thing, right? I just told the players this. <laughs> I love this city. That that's also one of the problems. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's not okay. That's not okay. Trying, it has to, we have to get past the point around here. We're good now. This ain't the Hornets of five years ago, okay? And that's one of the problems. Like, we walk through there. I love our fans. Everybody's saying great effort. That's not okay. It's not okay. We did a lot of good things. It's not okay. If we run back on defense, we don't turn the ball over, it's a great win. That's how we should look at it. All right, David, you you heard it. I love it. Did not even let the question get out, did it? No, the que- if you didn't if you didn't catch the question, the question began a great, great effort. effort tonight. <laughs> and he said, "No, it's not that's not good enough." And listen, people right. on Twitter like it. Uh we got a couple of comments here. One from Scott said agreed Cliffs have uh, been a part of very successful teams and he knows the deal. Moral victories are still losses and Charlotte needs wins. Steve says love it. Uh Big Baby 11 says I like that. And uh, David, first of all, let's answer this question. Who do you think, because there were some people on Twitter that were a little upset by this, that said, you know, what is he referencing fans there? Is he talking about fans not holding them to a high enough expectation? Who do you think this was meant for? I mean, I think all of this stuff is meant for the team and the players. You know, I mean, he, he referenced the fans there, but I, and I heard it in real time. I did not hear the question. Uh, at the time, but I thought he was just making another reference to, hey, we heard some things coming off the court. The fans said, good effort. Just like that, the, um, I don't know who that was that asked that question, basically, you know, said it was a good effort tonight. Of course, like, that's not good enough. And that's the message he's trying to get across to the team. I mean, I think all this stuff is exactly what he's probably telling the team, too. And they brought it up in that press conference. Did you think he was like chastising the fans on that? I, I didn't get that takeaway. I think it was poorly worded, but I think that. He, I don't think he meant to chastise fans because listen, no. um, you know, fans hold teams accountable with their wallet, and I think your average Hornets fans ha- has done that because they don't sell out every night. And and Clifford has been very open about this. He said, "Look, the fans will come back. Uh, you know, we'll sell this building out, and it'll be like the old days when we win a playoff series when there right. is when there is hope." And he's alluded to that. And we've talked about that a lot on this show. That the, that's what we think will happen. You know, you but you have to win the playoff series first. It's not. This is not a chicken and the egg scenario. I think it's very clear. Uh, you know that it's it's on the it's on the team to put a winning yeah. team out there that wins playoff series, and then the fans will come back. It's not. It's not. There's no magic in in selling out a building, and, and that's going to equate to wins. If the team is not ready to win, it doesn't matter how many fans are, are in the arena and, and whether they hold the team accountable or not, the team's not going to win. So, yes, this message yeah. was for the team. And also, yeah. let me let me play – this is what he had to say a little later in this press conference. I think this will open up the conversation a little bit, and, and it, it clues me on to who I think part of this was geared towards. I think for everybody is we have to get past the point where there's such low expectations here that trying hard is a moral victory. And that's, sorry, that's what it is, okay? This isn't the old Hornets, it's not, okay? We, we're past the 21 and seven win seasons. We've been good three out of the last four, and the other year, if we didn't have all the injuries, we would've made the playoffs that year too. And we gotta start thinking like that. There needs to be more pressure on how we play so we don't have 15 turnovers against a team that 
creates turnovers. It's not okay. It's bad basketball. Key phrase there in my mind from Clifford is there needs to be more pressure on how we're playing basketball. Yeah. And, that's right. That's and, what and so so this clues me in a little bit. I think it's not the fans. Mm-mm, it's mm-mm. it's it's part the players have to put pressure on themselves. But I think look, Clifford, I'm going back to what Scott said. Clifford has been in uh situations in Los Angeles where it's a tough media environment and in Houston too when they were winning where right. questions are tough and players are if they don't play well they are held to account not only by the coaching staff, not only by other players, but they're held to account by the media as well. I think I think there is a little frustration with how I think there's a little kid glove treatment sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's because you know the the Hornets have been through some difficult times, and, yeah, and so you get a little taste of that winning, <laughs> and you want to be careful. But also, I think. And I'm not – here's – this is me saying this. I'm not trying to speculate on – I'm not trying to get crawl into Clifford's mind and, and uh, you know, yeah. try to read between the lines. But here's what I think, and I've said this on the show. I said this on the live show. I think it's time for a player to step up and say, this is the problem and, and this is who needs to solve it. And – yeah, you know, I think well, the one yeah. player that has to do that is Kimba Walker because he's the leader on the team. You see this in Chicago right now. Dwayne Wade goes out to the media and says, "Look, we're playing hard. I'm playing hard. Jimmy Butler's doing everything he can, but you got to look down the line and say, are these guys playing the, at the level that they need to play in?" I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that's what he's yeah. saying, and and he's calling them out. And, te- and look, so- teams need that. And so we asked that the other night, whose team is that? I mean, who's going to be? It's Clifford that's doing that right now. I mean, I agree with you. It's better if you get it from a player. But he's been, the he's problem is he's been he's been honest about he's called the team it called the team's right. play soft to the media. I mean, there's not yeah. a much strong much stronger statement that you could make than calling the the play of your team soft to the media. So it's like, what's it? Okay, we we've talked about this many times on the show. Clifford's saying it. He said it over and over. So what's How, it going what else to can take? He do? I think yeah. it, it has to come from the players. It has to be vocalized. And I think, honest, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, I think that the the players need to be held to more account by some of the local media because mm. the, the the Hornets aren't covered the same way that the Panthers are covered. And part of that comes with there is a little chicken and the egg situation there because as a team performs better the media seems to raise expectations on players and, and the coverage gets heightened. But it doesn't happen until the players, you know, the, the coverage isn't going to come and then the wins come, you know? And so I, I think it's still important to look at it from the the right angle. And you tell me if you think this is wrong, but I don't think Clifford is looking at this as an, as an <laughs> please do. And everyone else, please do as well. He's not looking at this as a, as a, hey, we lost to the Warriors. We should be able to beat any team in the league, right? We should be on the championship level. I, I didn't hear that. I'm hearing the same turnovers. The careless turnovers are happening again and again. We're not, you know, trying hard should not be reward. You know, you shouldn't get a pat on the back for trying hard. That should be something that's done every night, 48 minutes. That's the, that's the, that's the message I think he's trying to send. Not that he's frustrated by losing to the Warriors, right? It, it's it's the, the same stuff keeps happening over and over again. 
And if you don't correct it, you're going to stay in this kind of mediocre plane. I mean, that's what I hear. No, and I listen, I think he's – we know this. That's the message that he's delivering to the players. Right. And then he goes out to this the media is just a new way. This, this is another way to do it, right? I mean, honestly, I think he's looking for something to get the point across. And also, yeah, he just lost a game and he's frustrated. And he don't want to hear any more about – how well, he was frustrated, really, and that's the thing. He was frustrated after the Wizards' loss, and didn't really have much right. to say after that loss at all. No, no. And, and then he, and and I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of what coaches say in in front of the media is a, a moment of of teaching and a moment of uh, inspiration for a team. And if you do it the right way, it's great. And if you do it the wrong way, then it can backfire. And for the most part. I think Clifford has been very successful in motivating his team uh, both privately and publicly. And I think this is just another case where it's not necessarily about what happened on that night, but about what's been going on this entire season, which is right. inconsistency. Which is, And I, again, I think it's about accountability and not just from the players, but I think the fans, again, like I said, the fans um, – they call into the radio stations, they have their opinions, and they 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 voice their opinions with their wallet by by attending these games. And, and I don't think it's the fans' responsibility to to not say to to like chastise the players as they're coming out of the locker room or going into the locker room after a loss. That's mm-hmm. not to me. That's not what it's all about. Um, but I think it is. <laughs> what if they just What if they just started throwing stuff at him? No, the exactly. Game? Don't do that. Don't ever do that. Don't throw anything. Um, right. But the the point is, I, I just think that there needs to be, and and Clifford makes the point like, if this is going to be a franchise that that wants to win, that wants to consistently win, then there has to be accountability. And I think that accountability mm-hmm. comes from the players. Because the coach is holding them accountable, it's got to come from the players, and I think it has to come from the media as well. Like it, it, this would, this would be this team and the performances of the individual players would be handled completely differently in New York, in Chicago, in Los Angeles. Oh. Agree or disagree? Of course, yeah. I mean, the questions would be tougher. The article headlines would be tougher. <laughs> you think, think there? You think When's the last time anyone in New York asked a New York coach? Or said that uh, question. Great like that effort. Was posed to Clifford. Great A. It was good. <laughs> no really way. <laughs> no way. Hey, it was a good effort. And I no, think they're writing has- articles about Carmelo and is he playing? You know this this all one of the right. one of the like maybe a hall. I mean not maybe he's a Hall of Fame player. Is he playing good yeah. enough? Yeah, should we trade him? Like that. Those are the. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. a different environment. And I think Clifford has seen that. He knows what that's all about. And, and and maybe that's where a little bit of the frustration is coming from. And, and and I think some of this is like Curry comes back, you know, the, it's the national game. The Warriors are on another pedestal. I mean, I think that seeps into people's mind. It's like, well, gosh, how, how can the Hornets compete? And you look up in the fourth quarter and they're leading. And it's like, wow, this is a really good game. They tried really hard. Um, and at, at areas they did, I think Clifford is just asking for a higher standard from his players. I don't think he, I don't even think he was chastising like the media or certainly not that individual guy that that's not who Clifford is. Right. Um, he doesn't he, like, um, was it Ruchinsky or, or, or Chris Kerger that we talked to this week that says like, he will talk to you on a very person to person level, right? He's not someone that talks down to anyone in those press conferences, but he was fired up. And I think he's demanding more of this team. And you know why we know this is not like a specific game uh, item last night? Because 
a lot of times he'll get asked specific questions in the post game and he's like, I haven't, I haven't looked at the film yet. He'll, he'll check out a stat or two and speak to that. But for him to go on passionately about this subject for basically the entire press conference tells me that this is the overarching team. It's the single biggest issue with this team right now, and it's still ongoing. And he is trying everything he can to get through to them to get some sort of new reaction to it because whatever they've done thus far, we're halfway through the season, and it's still going on. I just want to – yeah, I want to make it clear. I'm not speculating on what Clifford – yeah. Clifford was chastising. Or, or, but I'm saying – I'm saying – it's easy. I'll just say this, okay, David. It's easy to be complacent when you don't have to face tough questions about your performance. Think about your job. Think about the job you go to every day. It's it would be very easy for you to be complacent in your job if you knew that the review coming up was with a guy that was your best bud. And and you knew that the review was going to be uh uh less than less than biting. Right. Is that true or false? It's it's true. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, tough game against uh, the Warriors, but good news for Frankie. He's been selected to play in the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge for the third consecutive year. The Rising Stars Challenge will feature a USA versus the world format. So it's rookies and sophomores, but they break it up. It's not rookies versus sophomores. It's rookies and sophomores, and they break it up. USA versus the world. Love the format. Uh, in his second season in Charlotte, Kaminsky is averaging career highs in points, rebounds, and assists. He is the first Hornets player to play in the game since Cody Zeller appeared in the yes. challenge in 2015. The Rising Stars Challenge will be played on Friday, February 17th at 9 o'clock p.m. and will be broadcast on TNT. And then, of course, tonight, David, the reveal. Yep. We will find yep. out. If uh, well, no. Kimba Walker is selected to be an all-star reserve. So make sure to tune back in Friday for reaction to that, plus a preview of this Hornets game coming up against the New, York, the New York Knicks. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions, your thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm shot. So